Shalom, and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. My dear friends, um, in Jewish time, We are in the countdown to Rosh Hashanah three weeks from Sunday evening as Moses' farewell addresses to the people continue in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is literally a repeat of the first four books of the Torah. That's what Deutero means. Even the Hebrew name of book five, Devarim, these are the words, refers to Moses' long orations, looking back on his life and the life of the Jewish people in the time immediately preceding his death. This week's Torah portion in chapters 16 through 21, Shoftim of Deuteronomy, it means judges or magistrates. It focuses on organizing the community with a suitable structure for dispensing justice. But the bigger picture is Moses' swan song as this final book of the Torah will close in 13 chapters from now, a little over a month from now on Simchat Torah. This Shabbat is the fourth after Tisha B'Av, recalling the deepest sadnesses our people experience, not only with the destruction of the temples in Jerusalem, but throughout history. There are seven Sabbaths between Tisha B'Av and Rosh Hashanah. We are in the fourth of the seven, which means, as I said, that exactly three weeks from Sunday is Erev Rosh Hashanah. And the prophetic readings accompanying each Torah portion, known as the Haftarah, are usually connected thematically with the Torah portion, with the exception of one stretch of the year now. Following the sadness of Tisha B'Av, the sages chose Haftorah verses from Isaiah to give us comfort and consolation. Isaiah lived among our people during the Babylonian exile in the sixth century before zero BCE, after our people suffered terribly as many people are suffering right now in this sanctuary, in our city, in our nation and world. Interestingly, God doesn't introduce the divine self, as you might think, as a future redeemer, or as God does in that first of the Ten Commandments above every synagogue ark. Remember, I am the Lord thy God who took you out of the land of Egypt, the house of bondage. Nope. This week's Haftarah 
does open with God using that same word that is the first of the Ten Commandments, Anochi, I am. God repeats it twice. Anochi, Anochi, hu menachem chem. I, I am the one who comforts you. And by the way, in subsequent ages, Menachem, which means one who comforts, and its Yiddish form, Mendel, became a very popular Jewish name. Some of you may even know people named Menachem Mendel. What does God then remind the people of in Isaiah after saying, I comfort you? God tries to comfort the people by recalling not the darkness of this time, but the full sweep of creation. God asks, what are you afraid of, you mortals? You human beings come and go like grass. But if you contemplate, this is, I'm reading the text, the eternal your maker, shehu no teshamayim v'yosed aretz, who spread out the heavens and established the earth, you can find comfort when gaining perspective over the vast cosmos and the one God behind it all who cries with you, who weeps with you, not against you, who comforts and loves you. That phrase, noteshamayim v'yosed aretz, was chosen to be in the closing adoration prayer ending every Jewish prayer service and there's another verse in the opening Shabbat hymn, Lachadodi, Emily led us in. One of the verses we didn't sing incorporates words which follow this week from Isaiah. It's an ode to Zion. Awake, kumi, uri, livshi, bigdei, tifartech. Awake, get up, shake off the dust, clothe yourself in strength and dignity, O Zion, for God is with you through your highs and lows. There's no need to fear. We're gonna talk about that word Zion tonight and Jerusalem, but first, a quick test. My colleague and uh, Rabbi Danziger, Rabbi Dreyfus's colleague, great Torah commentator and friend, Rabbi Jeff Salkin, I got this from him. He says that if someone were to ask you, as an American Jew, to identify the Twin Cities what are the Twin Cities? Most would probably say Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. But it turns out, Isaiah again, in this same prophetic reading, reminds us that Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, is also a Twin City. The word itself, grammatically, is actually in the plural form, Yerushalayim. So what are the Jerusalem Twins? Yes, there's the old city and the more modern city. Yeah, you could also say there are two Jerusalems, the predominantly Arab East Jerusalem and predominantly Jewish West Jerusalem. But there's another way to look at the two Jerusalems through the lens of Isaiah who refers to the Holy Land in this week as both Zion and Jerusalem. What's the difference? Two more Reformed Jewish Greats, Rabbis Gunther Plout and Chaim Stern, teach. Jerusalem refers to geography. 
Zion, it's spiritual identification. And this is also crucial to understanding not only Jerusalem, but the entire state of Israel. There is a geographic messiness to Jerusalem and Israel, but there's also a spirituality. Or, as the rabbi puts it, in so-called Jerusalem, there are shopping malls. In Zion, there are synagogues. For the ancient rabbis, this spiritual Jerusalem sometimes became more important than the real Jerusalem. And we can understand why, since some of those rabbis were riding after the Romans had killed their families, destroyed Jerusalem. So these rabbis were carrying a sacred memory of Zion by the rivers of Babylon, right? We remember Zion. They like to imagine that beyond this earthly, messy Jerusalem, there was a Yerushalayim Shalmala, a heavenly Jerusalem, a Jerusalem of the ideal, Zion. Jerusalem is the grit and grind on earth. Zion, the heavenly ideal. What's the heavenly Jerusalem like? Listen closely. It's the kind of place you wish for in your dreams, a place where magic happens, a place of miracles. And while it's wonderful to sense that specialness, we know that Jerusalem and all of Israel and America is a very real place with very real problems and challenges, just like Memphis, just like life itself. Something I didn't tell you about my connection to Temple's first ever music director and cantorial director, Emily Groff Heilborn, is that we grew up in the same Zion, a reform Jewish summer camp named Camp Coleman. Some of you may have been to other camps. Those same rabbis, along with Isaiah, who distinguished between Zion and Jerusalem, called God Hamakom, the place. By that they meant a place where your heart is moved, where your soul is touched, a place where your faith and your heritage come together. For many of us, that makom, that place, that Zion was summer camp. For tomorrow morning's bat mitzvah girl, Kate Wexler, it was Camp Pembroke of the Cohen camps. If Memphis is Jerusalem, then for many of our kids, Zion is Jacob's camp. For Emily from Miami Beach or me from Jacksonville, the Zion of our past was Coleman, the forest and mountains in North Georgia, where 50 years ago they were kids and now they became future artists, actors, physicians, psychologists, rabbis, attorneys, business CEOs, even an American professional wrestling ring announcer dreamed dreams away from the earthly Jerusalem. Last Shabbat weekend, I co-led several services with her cantor from Miami Beach for folks in their 50s and 60s and 70s even who grew up in that Zion of our childhoods. The same camp where I met the most selfless, most beautiful and amazing person I know, then a nine-year-old girl from Montgomery, Alabama, when I was 12 years old. Her name, Cheryl Grassgreen. We met again randomly in our 20s on a street in Jerusalem, 
and today is our 33rd wedding anniversary. I told the nearly 100 who left their daily grinds in earthly Jerusalem last week for deep spirituality and reconnection that our time in the Zion of our childhoods not only shaped and formed our Jewish identities, 50 years later, it nurtured our creative spirit, enabling us to flourish in whatever city we live in today. I just want to read to you what one participant expressed, and it's the importance of Zion and Jerusalem through the lens of his own life. Quote, the sanctified soundtrack of my Jewish youth from the lips and guitar strings of the song leader took me back to the boy I was and still am, way down deep. I thought hard about that boy and the man I am now. I was a scrawny Miami kid with braces and a Michael Jackson fro. But my dreams, my dreams were huge. Did I honor these dreams? Did I turn into what I wanted to be when I grew up? Did this life thing work out the way I so fervently hoped it would when I looked up into those same trees in 1975? I'm profoundly relieved to say that for the most part, it did. This camp isn't even that pretty. Brush-filled hillsides erode into a so-called lake choked with brown algae, musty cabins sink into carrot-colored clay, no water ski boats, no horse stables, nothing fancy here. Even the weather was iffy, but none of this mattered. The people make the party, period. And the people were there. The kids that were kids when you were a kid, the guys and girls you worshiped, the people that embraced your bedhead fro and tube socks. We only have one youth and one set of players in this ancient drama. And there they were, now rabbis and writers and best lawyers in America. At least that's what they are to the world outside. But to you, they are the kid in the next cabin who lived with you in Zion. They are the counselors you wrote your mom about. They are the cohorts that snickered and pranked and joined you in your hearty teenage laughter and your Holden Caulfield tears. These are your people, the real deal, the deep water. And boy, that water was sweet. I did not even realize how thirsty I was. My dear friends, this is the Shabbat when the Hebrew prophet calls us to remember both the timeless, special atmosphere of our Zion places, as well as the COVID, life stresses, life problems that exist in the earthly Jerusalem. In closing, think about the words of Israel's national anthem, Hatikva. Remember the words? Lihiyot am chovshi be'artsenu, Eret Sion v'Yerushalayim, the land of Zion and Jerusalem. So friends, may you never lose your personal Zion, a place to dream, cultivate Jewish ideals, 
and live the words in the prayer books in your laps, whether in an outdoor chapel in the woods or this Memphis sanctuary where we are right now. Amen.